بالبيت شخص مضغوط برات البيت رقم مضبوط بعيون الناس ما في احساس وهذا الراس من الحكي مربوط راسي بح جسمي مربوط صوتي بح Welcome, welcome back to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Kennington. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. And also after the show, you can download on iTunes. The show will be there minutes after the show. If you missed any of the previous uh, segments or anything in this show, you'll be able to get it uh, on demand. Uh, we're getting it up pretty quick, probably five to ten minutes after the show. You can get the episode there. But if you do miss any of the live and... Uh, We're uh, we're up here at our bird's nest in downtown Beirut. And uh, last week or the week before, I had interviewed a student uh, from Tyre. He was a, a film student, animation student. His name was Hattie. And uh, Hattie, who uh, turned me on to a band called uh, Pressure Pot. Um, I can't pronounce it in Arabic, but we're going to find out how to pronounce it in one minute. But uh, so we got, I got in touch with the band, and one of my listeners actually sent me a, a link to their video and uh, got to see some of their tracks. Uh, this is a band. Uh, we'll find out what genre they are or what they might classify their music as. But uh, to me, it's, it's, it's rock. It's uh, progressive rock. It's post-rock. I don't know what to call it, but it's excellent. And I've got one of the band members here live in studio in Beirut tonight. And uh, he's with me right now. His name is Danny Shukri. And Danny's uh, from Syria originally. And he's here. And the band's here in Beirut. And uh, listen, Danny, I've gotten in touch with you because I met a student and he said, I said, what's going on in Beirut? I said, what's, what's happening? Because I, I want to know what's really happening on the street. And he saw, there's a band called Pressure Pot. And he's, he said, this is, what's, this is where it's at. So I was like, oh, okay, this is where it's at. And he had a Led Zeppelin T-shirt on. So I, knew he, you know, so I knew he was, we were on the same wavelength, basically. He had a ponytail. I've got a ponytail. He had a Led Zeppelin shirt on. So he turned me on to you guys. So how do you pronounce your band in Arabic? It's Tanjaret Dagat. Tanjaret Dagat. Exactly. So translated pressure pot or boil. It can be translated. It's the pressure cooker. Or pressure, pressure cooker. Pot, yeah. And and so this. Uh, so th- how do you describe your music? What uh, what genre are we are we can we refer to it as? Well, I I really don't know exactly. It's. Um, It's uh, like the instruments are like guitar, bass, and drums, and it's uh, like uh, the the rock and roll elements. But uh, but the the sound we we, we are getting is also like uh, and the feel of the music is more um, following the the lyrics in the way that that like the spoken Arabic language so it's following the, the 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 lyrics in a way that that it gives it uh, an, an Arabic feel to it like even without playing that the the rhythms like in the exact traditional way but it still has that feeling and what we're what we would love to be called like it's um, like the contemporary Arabic music. 
So, so the, um, the, the we just played your track that was under pressure yeah. coming in from the commercial break and um, t- had a touch of Nirvana. I mean, I felt yeah. little, how many guys in the band? We're well, three. Three. So, yeah. so because yeah, when I was in college, Nirvana was like happening and uh, Smashing Pumpkins was just almost happening. But so the nickname that we gave Nirvana in college was the three man wonder because it was no one could believe that it was only three guys. Because the, the, the drums were powerful, the guitar, the bass was powerful, the vocal, I mean, it was just like, boom, you know, and no one, it's just three guys. But the elements, it was so stripped down that you can, if you can make it work in, with three, it's fantastic. Because then you get, you get a really pure, the, the, you know, the essential elements of, of rock and roll, essentially. So that's exciting. I mean, and also it's better for the band because you don't have to split everything five ways. <laughs> Just have to do three, <laughs> but it's hard though. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to make it work with three, um, because a lot of bands like to have the you know a little bit of the extras, the keyboard, or you know two vocalists or uh, another percussion. And there's a lot of ensembles. This has been a big trend in the '90s and in the 2000s. It's called ensemble bands. They keep getting mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. But you guys have got it right down to the basics. Exactly. That's good. When uh, when we uh, when we started the the whole thing, we we used to be four members. Like before we before we moved to Beirut, we used to be four. We had a, also a, a keyboard player, and uh, but he he couldn't uh, move uh, to Beirut with us. He has uh, a lot of things to do. His name is Narek Abajian, a great keyboard player. But uh, we didn't think about it that much when we when we first. Uh, do, did it like uh, it was okay no keyboard player now let's just play and see what happens and uh, we never thought about like bringing anything extra and uh, yeah I mean like when the intent is, is there to, to just groove and deliver music I don't know sometimes one person can, can deliver you like uh, like if he's playing with honesty and a good feel you can get something heavy from it so uh, i don't think uh, making the band larger or or smaller it's just about what what you need in the music and uh, how can you get it out and so so back in back in europe and uh, in my my time in the limited time in the music world um there's this over this kind of like this new obsession in america and europe especially in in england um is and in America too, that everyone has to define. It's like, oh, what the first thing they ask you if you walk into a record label is, so what? What genre are you? They want to know: are you are you rock? Are you uh, trip hop? Are you, you know, um, are you new jazz or you know, <laughs> gypsy jazz? So, because I think um, the in in the West, it, it, the music business becomes so commercialized mm-hmm. that they feel like they have to put you into a box in order so that they the, the record label could market you. And they know where to place you and how to strategize your marketing and so forth. So is that, is that what's happening here or is it still kind of raw here? In other words, is it, are people more attracted to the feeling rather than the scene or the fashion scene around the music? Yeah, it, it's a combination of both. Like, uh, you, like, uh, we still get people like asking, okay, what, what genres? What genre is your music? Or some people say, "Oh, you 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 guys are a good progressive rock band." Or or 
or heavy metal band or whatever. I don't know. We just I think we 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 the three of us had a lot of different backgrounds and we listened like to a lot of genres of music and we played independently in in a lot of other musical projects uh, so i don't know it's hard for us now to say okay we want to be uh progressive uh, <laughs> hardcore something yeah yeah i don't know it's just the the sound that we were getting and uh, and you can call it whatever wherever you want and so what what were some of the stuff when you were younger listening that that sort of got you into this kind of end of the music you know what were some of the the records that you bought or what was the, the stuff that really turned you on when you were younger? You said, oh, yeah, I want to get in. I want to be in rock and roll. What, what was it? What were some of the influences or the your favorites? <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot. Actually, when I first, uh, I first got into, uh, like, uh, my dad is a drummer. So that's uh, common, by the way. I know. I know. Dr- drumming is hereditary. I've seen this before, by the way. It's a family of drummers. So I know about this. I know all about this. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, and and by the way, the tar like the guitar player's dad is also a guitarist, and my dad and his dad they used to play in a band together. Oh, but cool. we didn't know that. Like we discovered that after. Mm. <laughs> so. Uh, I had like the the drum set there when I was a kid, but I was not forced to 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 play it. Or and I was uh, I, I hate like back then I hated everything that's old. So I, I was like, okay, no, no, that's not cool. And and, and then I, I listened. I started to listen to uh, to like some hip hop and started to listen to Limbiskit and and Corn and this. Uh, and this type of music and uh, and punk rock and and uh, and yeah i got into it through that and then i started to go search in history of this music and so uh, yeah what made me start is like this period uh, like limbiscuit that like this energy and back then i i wanted to be a, a guitar player and then, okay, I have a drum set. I, I should give it a try, and <laughs> and it got me, and I'm stuck to it till now. So uh, yeah, and then we like, and then I discovered jazz, and I I started to get more and more into that, and uh, and then I kept my 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 head open to 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 any type of music until okay, I, I don't want to be like. A jazz drummer or a rock drummer, or uh, I just want to make music and serve what's 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 happening. And I think the did, did any of you guys go to music school, or do any of you in the band have any classic training, like went to like you know <clears throat> academy, music academy, or something like that, or have you just all self-taught or through through your whatever? He just learned to play music from. The environment around him, double basses. That's tough to to gig when you double. <laughs> you seen the size of that thing? I knew a girl. Yeah. I knew a girl who used to play solo with a, with a foot pedal. She used to do loops yeah. with the double bass in London. And uh, but man, I felt bad for her because it's it's a, <laughs> it's a big thing to carry around. So to go from that to a normal bass, I think that's kind of like practical. 
it's a good decision. Yeah, for, yeah. And maybe your back's going to thank you in twenty years <laughs> or something. But um, yeah, so 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 tell me tell me about. Um, we're gonna play. We're gonna play your other track uh, after the next commercial break. But tell me about the music scene in Beirut because I I haven't I haven't like peeked in and seen it. You know I don't really know what's going on. What's it like? Is it is it really is it happening? Is it about to happen? Is it bubbling? Has it happened already and it's happening again? Like what what's happening in Beirut with, with the underground, the rock scene? Is it is it is it is it fertile? Is it healthy right now? Yeah, I think I think it's growing. Uh, comparing to like, um, I've heard like uh, actually uh, in Beirut, like uh, the underground movement had started like long time ago. Like when when I was a, a kid in Damascus, there was uh, Soap Kills. If you heard of that band, Soap Kills. Yeah, I've seen I've seen remnants of them around here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at at that time, like. Soap kills were were like a phenomenon, like uh, like a guy to play with a, a drum machine and uh, and just a singer and these weird electronic sounds and, and like this simplicity uh, and it was it was weird and he came and he played the, like a, the project is for the guy his name Zaid Hamdan so yeah he came and he performed and I was okay maybe like Beirut is very rich of. Uh, of this type of uh, culture, there, there is an underground yeah. art scene here. I've, yeah. met, I've, I've met a few people who do stuff. They organize their own uh, exhibitions, and and there's a uh, you can see the graffiti scene is is pretty big here. Mm. It's everywhere, and it's like amateur and mid amateur, and then there's like masters masters of painting out there as well. And it's it's very some of it's politically charged, and other stuff is just just very clever you know they're they're, they're using uh cynicism and sense of humor and irony um really sophisticated stuff um but it's everywhere it's it's amazing mm-hmm. and uh so i know that's a good sign too when you see the graffiti scenes ha- you know happening then this other culture you know say underground culture count youth culture stuff is happening Mm. Usually it follows it. So yeah, and it's an open city. Like uh, a lot of people come from all around, like Europe or United States or wherever. They they come and they um, like they get a lot of international acts to to play here. So this is also something I I think it helped the the, the scene here. Like where in Damascus this was uh, like a problem. So. Like we didn't had the chance back then to to watch any international act or like a band that we love that came, except for once like Gorillas came. Oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> Damon Albarn. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, and then there was the the jazz festival in Damascus, which was like a lot of international bands used to come, and you can go and watch concerts for free, and that was the best thing that happened. But here it's uh, you have a lot of place to play like to gig and like bars and a lot of them are more open to 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 live music to have live music and uh, a lot of festivals are happening by uh, that's created by like individuals or like groups of young people who wants to do something so so they make a festival in the mountains where you can camp for a few days and listen to music 
24 hours. Cool. Bring the generator. Everything <laughs> powered up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's so, yeah, cool. I think this is... And uh, uh, and now they are helping uh, all, all these young bands. And the, the, the scene is small, so everybody knows everybody. And they kind of help each other and... Mm. And this is this what makes it grow and yeah the, that was happening in London too on the on the un, un, they call it the unsigned underground scene is everyone would would help each other and this this was like the lifeblood of everything and uh, and some bands ended up being successful and doing other things each each one did different things but um, but without that cooperation oh man so many favors I remember we relied on gosh if equipment or something's uh, mal- malfunctioned or don't have a guitar pedal or don't have a, or it's broke broken strings or don't have a van to transport i mean just tons of stuff so there's so many things that can go wrong in live gigs <laughs> there's a very long list of potential things that can go wrong you know <laughs> you're missing one little thing it could kill the whole gig oh my god yeah right. so i'm sure you're very well aware of all that but so, so that's great i like that that that's the spirit the vibes that's what we called it in the music business was good vibes. So, yeah. 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 And, uh, and also like what happens with us with Tanjar Adot is, uh, um, like for example, me and Khaled, we, we used to come be, uh, like before we moved to Beirut, I used to come and gig here with, uh, with some people with some jazz bands and, so uh, what helped us is like we knew the scene before we we move in and uh, and and then when the whole band is here we started to be asked to to be like rhythm sections for other people. Oh, so you get you get extra work, professional extra. stuff. Yeah, yeah, with with uh, with other people. So it's also like uh, they wanted this sound, like the sound mm-hmm. of the three of us to, to, to be in, oh, cool. in in other bands. Like Zayd Hamdan also, the, the guy from Soap Kills. And uh, yeah, it, and a lot of also the, the some rappers came from Damascus and this movement that happened, like people from Syria coming to Beirut also and these collaborations that, that happens also made the, the scene like grow more and more. Yeah, that happens like I remember um, George Clinton from Funkadelic or Parliament, like Bootsy Collins, they'd grab half the band and put it with another half of his band and have another band. So there's like eight bands going at the same time. <laughs> They're all in everybody else's bands. And that's when, when you've got that happening, this is good. This is really good because you can have a lot of fun too. And then uh, creativity starts bubbling yeah. out of that scene too. So yeah. experimentation and stuff. Yeah. And when the new talent comes, it shines like oh, something new. <laughs> That's great! Wow, it's so exciting. There's a live music scene here. That's great. And so tell tell me, are there any other cities that you've heard of, or have you gigged in any other uh, Middle Eastern cities? Is where where else has got a kind of a music scene happening, or starting to happen, or anything like this? Actually, we went uh, we went to Egypt, and uh, Egypt has like a huge underground scene. Like Ka- Cairo, Cairo, and Alexandria uh, also. So, oh wow! Okay, they they both have like uh, a lot. Like it's yeah, yeah a lot of uh, bands and a lot of uh, like what's different from here is here. Uh, you have a lot of rock and roll bands, and but only few uh, sings in Arabic. Mm-hmm. 
But in Egypt, like you got a lot of bands, and they all sing in Arabic, and mostly they, they, they are a band. They are not musicians who are trying to get work all the time. Like they are a band, and this is uh, this is I find it less in Damascus or or in Lebanon. It it it, it is there, but in Egypt. Like a lot of bands, bands, and a lot of names, and they all sing in Arabic. Like they, it's, it's their thing. They they don't do English. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And so so it's like it's like a really hardcore, like a proper, they got a proper underground scene there. Yeah, yeah, Egypt, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I met some bands. Like I met a band called uh, Azra Azra Samawi. It's a, like a progressive uh, rock band. Like we went there to their studio and we jumped with with them and. And now you have uh, Maurice Luca. He's uh, he's like getting bigger now. He's uh, like an electronic. Uh, he plays synthesizers and samples, and he have also his trio, and he's touring everywhere now. And so, what about the recording studios? Do you um, are there good studios here in Beirut? Like, do you record here, or do you have to go? Because I know in some cities, bands come from. They have to go elsewhere to record because maybe the engineers or the facilities aren't there what's it what what's the situation like here on that side on the production side it is like you have you have options like you have few studios and if you know each guy and how he mixes and uh, you uh, you like you know what do you want like in Damascus, I always compare. Uh, in Damascus, like for example, we only had one studio that can record live drums, mm -hmm. and you can get only one sound of drums out of that studio. And yeah. and like it's good and everything, but it's the only choice. But here, like uh, we we met a lot of people. They have studios and they they have the ability to to record. Uh, live drums and like they're 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 doing like really uh, a good job with with that so yeah the on a production level yeah it's it's good a lot, a lot of people in london i mean I, I lived in a house where i had a recording studio one of the bedrooms with my roommates um and just a lot of people are doing the bedroom production now and it, it's hard to tell the difference quite frankly yeah, yeah. i mean and you know, very good sound as well, and lots of carpet, of course. <laughs> so you get a really kind of rich sound. But um, but yeah, that's that. And I think I've I noticed that with a lot of students and a lot of people here because maybe they don't have the bandwidth on the internet here. That it's that working on that still. We had a, my last guest last week told me all about that drama with the internet. But um, the uh, but but people sort of tend to make solutions here to bypass what they don't have to make it work, basically. Mm. And sometimes when you're innovative like that, it, it, it brings out another sort of creativity as well in the process. So, um, but, uh, and certainly in the music business, I think, yeah, pe people doing it, d d DIY, do it yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah. This, this can be good here as well. We're going to take a short commercial break, and uh, we'll be back with our guest from uh, Pressure Pot. I'm still working on the pronunciation in Arabic. <laughs> I'm going to have it before the next segment. Danny Shukri is with me here in studio in Beirut. We'll be right back. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. Stay right there.
This is the Sunday Wire. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're streaming out live on the alternate current radio network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com and also on Stitcher, Mixcloud, and iTunes. And uh, we're back with our guest. Uh, we're, we're broadcasting live from Beirut, and I'm back with Danny Shukri uh, from the band Tanjaret Dachit. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to get this in Arabic. But it's pressure pot is the English translation, or pressure cooker. And uh, Danny's back with me here in the studio. And Danny, like before the break, we were talking about, you know, what the music scene's like. And over the, over the break, we talked about, because this is a big issue, um, you know, when, we, when I was doing the gigs, it was the CD. After the gig, all the artists would sell their CD. And that's, I mean, that's how a lot of them made their living, actually, was selling CDs. So, so now, is, do people still buy CDs in the Middle East or in, in Lebanon? Or, and because it's not, it, you can't go around after the gig and say, hey, download my MP3. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, you know, what do you do? And in America, even the MP3 is, is in danger because everyone's on Spotify. Or Pandora, so like you know, what's happening now? How do you how are you guys seeing? What's the outlet? What's the distribution outlet for your for your music? Is it just live, or is what is it? Yeah, uh, so far uh, the only way we sell our CDs is from live shows, and like we have few uh, few places like where we distribute the the the, the CDs there, and some people like uh, buy them like people who are like supporting the scene and they, they are still bu- buying CDs but uh, also yeah uh, like for the our first first album i think we only uh, we only sent uh, physical copies to jordan but uh, otherwise we we also like have it to to download online from like uh, anrami the the website anrami.com and 
Yeah, this is this is uh, the 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 only way is to to put it online and for for people to to buy it online. Where, where the CD culture now is only in in live gigs, where like they see it and they have to buy it. Yeah, actually, I knew a drummer. He, he was a one man drummer, and he rapped and drummed uh, from from Brixton. I forgot his name. He was the cousin of the promoter, and he sold eleven thousand CDs in about a five year period. He sold more than Posh Spice, you know. In terms, some of the people in the charts didn't sell that many. So he he actually made a, he made a good living, uh, just at gigs. Basically, yeah. it was ten dollars or ten pounds in England. It was ten pounds. He sold eleven thousand of them. So there's that's where they made that's where a lot of artists make their money. It's kind of a vote of of like, hey, I like you, you know, when they buy it. Yeah, yeah. Even though most people listen like. Uh, download and iTunes and stuff. They'll still buy if they like you. They will buy it like hundred percent. So it's like a vote of confidence, kind of in your in your work. But so what? What about what about gigging? Um, it's uh, are you are you guys being approached to support some big acts or touring or what's going on on the live on the live front for you guys? Uh, now, like. Uh for uh, for touring uh, we uh, we're, we're planning to to uh, to like we got invited to the Shabak festival which is uh, going to happen in the in London oh fantastic and um and uh, also uh, like so far we we had many offers li- like to go and play fe- fe- festivals for like n- next year Hopefully in Europe and other uh, like uh, North African countries, maybe and oh yeah, there's a big one in in Morocco. Yeah, I know a lot of bands that go there. Where is it? It's in Fez. Yeah, yeah. I used to know. I used to. I used to. I did a couple. There's a band called Momo, Music of Moroccan Origin, in London. They're all Moroccan guys, and these guys were amazing. I don't know what they're doing now, but they, it's that dar dar music. This is all based on that um, yeah. Berber kind of, you know, awesome, you know, really awesome. But um, but they said that that Fez, that festival in Fez was amazing. Yeah, the people from all over the world, all over Africa, people from Asia showing up there, um, from America. And Damon Albarn played there a couple of times. Yeah, he's who you said played in Damascus. But um, that's so the festivals are awesome. You know, if you can get on that, that's a great circuit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're waiting just like to uh, like now we're we're busy like uh, to finish our second record. So like uh, after we finish, maybe that will be the point where we we start to get uh, on the road or something. So you're working on your second album right now. Yeah, and how, how's it going? Is it going on schedule? Yeah, so far like we had few delays, but uh, now it's we're on the right track, I believe. I saw your video, you guys uh, uh, under pressure. We played that uh, last hour, but you know through Ross Beirut. I know, I think, <laughs> yeah, along the uh, I know that Ferris wheel is, and you sort of yes, yeah, that looked like a lot of fun actually. <laughs> yeah, had fun fun filming that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it cool. It's a cool place to shoot a music video, Beirut. Yeah, actually, and I really enjoyed driving the. Are oh, you the driving? Vehicle. Yeah, it, was a, it looked like a truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like one of those crazy buses. <laughs> so, um, so, so, ch- so, check this out. Um, I have a. I used to have a friend. I can't tell you exactly where he lives. I don't want to get him in trouble. But he he had a death metal band in Saudi Arabia. 
Oh yeah. But he he did, they obviously didn't play any gigs in Saudi Arabia. They would rehearse in the basement of his parents' house, I think, and then they, they would play in Dubai and they basically Bahrain even. Um, but they played gigs outside and uh, but not inside. But yeah, I mean, I was like, he told me this. We were having a coffee in Jeddah. A couple of years ago, and he said, uh, "Yeah, I've got a death metal band." He's all <laughs> real quiet, you know. I got a death metal band, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow!" And he, we started talking about music, and I was like, "Jeez!" And he started showing me his tattoos, and you know, it's like, "Whoa!" You know, um, this guy's like hardcore rocker, you know, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. So, so have you seen this in other, uh, other? Are there any other cities that have a real underground? I mean, under underground. Scene. That is underground. <laughs> yeah. So, wh- have you heard of anything like th- where else like this? Uh, I've heard, like for for example, in uh, in Iran, I've heard that there is a huge, huge uh, like underground scene in terms of rock or even like uh, psychedelic music or. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are really in, like. I never went there, but I, I hear from people coming on, and I have a I had a really good friend who went and he lived there for for like six months or something, and he was like, "Man, if you're cool in Iran, you're cool anywhere." <laughs> <laughs> wow! Like okay. he he met like uh, he he saw a lot of like gigs, uh, underground gigs, a lot of good music. People mm. there are. Because they they are really also into their traditional music, which is like really great, and they they combine it with their own. Uh, because you have a different um, note structure in Arabic, where you know they are playing with a mandolin or is it a lute or oud? Oud, yeah. yeah. You have like uh, shorter notes, right? You have quarter the notes, right? Quarter tones, quarter tones. So and so, I think. When you translate this into with other instruments like you know the electronic instruments mm-hmm. and the, and the drums that you use are not they're not traditional Arabic th- these are like kind of rock it's a rock and roll set that you play on but but you're bringing in the, the kind of Arabic influence I mean they the artists here especially drummers maybe can play beats that maybe other drummers can't because they naturally learned yeah. learn this so I mean is it how's this this kind of makes for a different different rock sound in a way or yeah. more jazzy or more bur- I, I don't know like uh, it depends on the like personality of who's playing but also it's um, the the thing is um, a lot of uh, bands from from here they are like what makes me sad is they try to run away from that mm-hmm like okay we don't want to sound like a traditional or, or, or don't, Arabic you don't want to sound like my dad exactly yeah. or or i don't want to sound like uh anything i can hear in a restaurant or something so they try to avoid that and they try to really play in a in a way that is so different from them which is cool like you you, you have to learn uh, other languages too like for for your instrument but uh if you lose that or if you try to make it not sounding original or, or Arabic then that's um, that's will will sound uh, like a collage thing like even if you're playing in a band that sings in Arabic and uh, but the 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 back the music background like is so uh, it sounds like any heavy metal band from UK or the states it it will 
something will not fit. You, you, you're going to hear something is not right. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're singing in Arabic, like, because the, the flow of the words give you this, like, because every, every culture has, um, uh, the groove of the culture is ba- based on the language, like African mm-hmm. music. It's like they, they speak the same way they play their djembes. Yeah, yes, yeah. So that's so. You, so you're there's a you're trying to tap into everything. You're you're tapping in from the modern influences of the different you know rock or jazz, and then you're also your traditional music influences and the language as well. Doing in the flow. Yeah, and, and you, do you accept where you come from? Yeah, because here, uh, like the shame is a lot of people have like denial of of that. Oh, I don't want to sound uh, Oriental or. You talk about the, in the lyrics of uh, Dramati, the song about black, white, and gray. You t- it, it kind of in the lyrics you talk about this, you're saying about this kind of Western Orientalism that's talked about, and um, the uh, you know a bunch of issues, uh, ra- race identity politics, and these are some pretty deep, uh, deep things that you talk about in that song. But it's all it's true. So is it is it a case of people just kind of like finally coming to grips, integrating? Their their tradi- their culture with things around them, rather than trying to uh, copy something that comes from far away, for instance. So it's it, you're trying trying to get something more authentic. That's what I feel like with you guys. Yeah, exactly. Because because we have it there, like the like we like in this region, you you have a lot of elements that they don't have in the in the West, and I, I think. Uh, we should uh, we should accept that and and use it because it serves a lot of purposes and it's uh, it's real it's real and I think I think for your fans too if you want fans from from this region they they have an emotional connection to the old music too mm-hmm. traditional music when they hear the instruments here the traditional instruments that sets off kind of something in the back of your nervous system you know you you automatically it makes you comfortable in a way. And it, it engages you in in a way, and yeah. and, that's and, a- and even the way you 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 treat any instrument, like you don't have to play a, a traditional instrument to to sound uh, from the, the region. Like uh, now, all the instruments are international, like the guitar and drums, and they are in every style of music in every culture. So it's really about treat them with honesty and with the with the. With the way you are, except the way you are. So, so I've got on the other on the back line in Austin, Texas, the home of the new home of rock and roll in America. Basically, is our producer Hesher, who is the host of the Hessian session uh, on the Alternate Current Radio Network. Uh, it's, it, it started off as mainly for metalheads, but I think Hesher wants to get into the conversation a little bit because um, we do have a metalhead who is banging his head against the wall probably right now on the mute. But, uh, Hesher, are you there? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm here. So, so Hesher, what do you make of all this? I mean, you, 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 check, you checked out this band. I think you were digging them as well. Um, so have you got any questions for, uh, for Danny here in the studio? I do, yeah. I'm definitely digging it. I've, I really enjoyed both the tracks that I've heard so far. And you guys are having a really interesting conversation here. Um, a couple of things that really stuck out to me, uh, you guys were talking about breaking genres. And, and Danny pointed out that as a, as a young man, he was listening to things like Limp Biscuit and Corn. And 
and punk rock and and metal um clearly there's there's a lot of uh traditional influences as well in in your band's musical background and i i always have a great appreciation for for bands that can be difficult to put into a genre so i'd like to congratulate you guys you guys sound very <laughs> professional and i can hear a lot of your different influences yet at the same time it's it's very original and very organic sounding um so i would just like to uh first of all congratulate you guys on you know having such a good production a good sound um your, your video was really entertaining to watch it really gave me a feel for you know what where you live and and what your music scene kind of looks like so um just want to tip my hat to you guys for that one and, <laughs> so, and i'll let you respond to that but i also would like would like you to let the listeners know uh, where we can get your album and and how we can support your band so if you could uh you know direct the listeners to, to how they can support you guys that would be great we got a link to their Facebook page on the show page right now. So if you're listening, click on the show page. It'll go straight to their Facebook page. Um, but uh, where can they find the, uh, the the music and the album? Uh, yeah, now the the music is uh, available on uh, Anrami website. It's anrami dot uh, dot com. Yeah. Excellent. It's, yes. Uh, okay. Great. And then we'll be sure and get a link to that up there as well. Um, and you know, you guys were also talking about now, Patrick. You mentioned your friend who uh, plays in a death metal band in in Saudi Arabia, and and that got me thinking. Um, this this can be a, a very uh, dangerous enterprise for an artist to do in in certain places. Um, over here in in the United States, there's a a popular heavy metal uh, blog site called MetalInjection.net, and I saw this article come out back in February. Um, and I've been trying to, you know, figure out what the status is on these guys. But I'll just, I'll just lay this out for you guys really quick, so, you, so that the listeners can really get a feel for, for just how dangerous this can be. Um, the article is entitled "Iranian Musicians Jailed, Facing Possible Execution for Playing Metal." Um, what? So, yeah. So there's a band, an Iranian uh, metal band called Confess. <laughs> and this band, um, two members, both both member, both men from this band were arrested by the Army of the Guardians of the Islamic Revolution and are facing charges of blasphemy, advertising against the system, running an illegal and underground band, um, and writing anti-religious lyrics and granting interviews to forbidden foreign radio stations. Um, they're very serious charges, from what the article says. And uh, it resulted in these two band members, um, age 23 and 21, sitting in solitary confinement uh, from last November until February 5th. And to get out, they had to pay the equivalent of 30,000 U.S. dollars. So uh, these guys have so, lawyers was that like now. A fine? Was yeah. that like a, a fine? I believe it was a bail, and they're still um, facing a, they're facing a minimum of six months to six years in prison, and worse. If they're found guilty of the blasphemy charge, they they could be executed, according to what I'm seeing here. So, um, the worst part about that Hesher is that guys like that sitting in jail, and Kanye West is running around free. Yeah, <laughs> this is the crime of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, Patrick. No, so, the boiler is cheering right now. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> so I wanted to throw that out there for you guys just to kind of underline what you were talking about. Um, and, you know, I'll let you comment on that, Danny, if you like. And I also wanted to just um, also say that I'm, I'm excited for you guys that you have a good underground music scene there. And I, I know how how awesome that is to be, you know, part of a uh, a scene, an underground scene, especially in a place like where you are, where a lot of famous popular bands may not be touring there. Well, what's the best thing to do in that case? Create your own scene, and it sounds like you guys have done that. So again, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I was, I was going to, we are talking about Austin, you know, the Mecca, the new Mecca for rock, right? South by Southwest Festival every March in Austin, Texas. It's like the biggest, the whole city turns into a big gig, basically. Um, so what what are your pilgrimages? Like if you could, I know my guys who are blues players, they had to go to Nashville. Or if they're into uh, uh, psychedelic rock, San Francisco, Berkeley. Or if it was uh, Guns N' Roses, they had to go to L.A. and hang out the Viper Room. You know, what, what is your ideal, you know, music pilgrimage? Where would you like to go if you could go and take off, you know, and sort of go pay homage to your great, you know, the, your heroes of music or anything like that? Have you got any destinations, music destinations in your mind? Or, you, or as a band, even? Where would you like to, I mean, this is where we want to play. Like, we want to be there, basically. <laughs> what, what is it? Oh, oh uh, a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> or is there a venue? Would you a festival you'd love to play? Or actually, um, the uh, what we would like to play in. Uh, we went once to uh, to uh, a festival in France mm. called uh, Rock en Seine. We didn't play there. But we uh, we played a gig in Damascus where the French ambassador was uh, was watching, and he liked us, and he proposed like I would like to invite you to a festival that you choose, and we checked out what is the nearest festival then, and it was this Rock on Seine, and uh, there was like all our favorite bands like Foo Fighters, Archive. Blonde Redhead, uh, Death from Above, uh, a lot, a lot of. It was a first time for me to attend that type of festival where four stages and four acts playing at the same time, where you don't know which one you you want to go. And that when we went there, that was a life changing moment for us because. Before that, we used to play like uh, improvised, more improvised music. We didn't have lyrics. We were just uh, had ideas and we improvised around them. But when we went to that festival, um, it was a moment for us where, okay, we, we need to communicate more with people and do songs that they can remember. And, uh, and, I would like to go back and play there maybe once, like instead of watching. <laughs> yeah, be on there with the lineup with the Foo Fighters and all these old guys, all these old cats. You guys will be the new young, sort of the young blood coming through, you know. But yeah, that'd be that 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 would be exciting. France has, I'll tell you this: if France does one thing better than anybody in the world, and that is music festivals. They've got tons of great festivals in all over France. In the mountains and everywhere. So the French are like the masters. The British are, are pretty good too. Actually, 
So are the da- the Danish are pretty good at music. Actually, the so the Danish, yeah, the Dane. Okay, these are the top music festival uh, cultures, and it has to be number one. Has to be the French, I'd say. They do, and then the British, then the Danish, and then the Germans, and then the Swedes. Yeah, these are the top festival locations in Europe. Yeah, and Italy too, but in a different kind of style. And Croatia, yeah, this is the new destination. Oh yeah, you know, for everything. Gosh, Croatia is really it's really popping. And Be- Belgrade has a, a good rock scene. Serbia oh. as well. I've, I've been uh, seeing stuff from coming out of there too. It's kind of exciting. So there's a lot going yeah. on. And for us, the the challenge is because uh, we 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 sing in Arabic. So for me, like anywhere. Like if we go anywhere and we we get the people to get the the the, the music and the message even with without understanding the the words, that will be like a, a, a good challenge for us. I, I think you're halfway there. I mean, I, I was I picked up some you know broken beats and break beats and you know you're you're so you're touching a lot of different people's tastes and and the poetry. And there, there is something beautiful about Arabic when it's done in a kind of poetic way uh, with music. And even if you don't fully understand uh, the words, it, the, you can really get into the sound uh, of, of it. And, and you have that with many languages, same in Italian and uh, in French as well. So, yeah, um, so you, d- you definitely have um, something with the music there. But, uh, but I think there's, there's going to be a lot of more opportunities are going to come online. You have cities and cultures that are appearing and reappearing all over this region. And I think uh, potentially, we hope, touch wood and everything else, that uh, that the next 10 years um, there's, there's going to be a real cultural explosion here in the Middle East. I've seen um, hints of it in the arts, in the arts basically, and, and, and the film and and I know there's just tons of talent in Cairo and in Erbil and in so many other places and uh, and in Iraq as well. And and I know it's exciting. It can be really exciting. It can be really fantastic. And I think you guys are on that, you know, part of that wave as well in the next couple of years. So good things, good things happening. Good vibes. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so um, so t- tell us about your gig tomorrow night. We've got two minutes left for the second segment, but you got a you got a good gig tomorrow night. Yes, we do. Uh, we uh, we're playing in uh, Metro Medina. It's uh, in Hamra. It's a festival called uh, Global Week for Syria. It's uh, we we're gonna be playing at nine, I think. But there is like two other acts with us, and uh, I think the the whole week is gonna be interesting. A lot of international acts, and also. Me and Khaled, we are playing with some other bands too, and we're collaborating also with our old keyboard player, Narek, to, to do something uh, else. And uh, yeah, that, that, it, 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 this festival is happening uh, every year, like three years ago. Like it's, it's happening every year. And I think it's getting better, better, and better. Like it started small and now it's growing. Yeah, I've seen it advertised, so I know it's out there. They're doing a lot of good, good job promoting that event. So that's uh, that's going to be exciting. So, so you've got that going. Uh, you've got your new album. We've got links to that on the show page. Um, you know, you you got uh, you guys got a lot going on. 
So I, I, I'm sorry I can't make the gig because I'm flying, oh. you know, but, <laughs> but next time I'll get in touch in advance. I want to see you guys play. Definitely, if there's a gig going, I'll, I want to be there and, uh, and check you guys out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll have Hesher with me. I don't know. Hesher, you, you, can you, you ready to go to Beirut next time? That'd be awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll smuggle you in my suitcase and save the airfare. Yeah, really, sounds good. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think ACR could afford it yet, but we'll work on it. We got something to shoot for there. So um, no, that's cool. So thanks a lot, um, Danny Shukri from uh, uh, Tanjaret. Yeah. Dach Dacht. Pressure pot here on the Sunday Wire. And uh, I'm your host, Patrick Hanks, and it's been fantastic. Thank you very much for coming down. Thank Good you. luck with everything. Um, we're really jazzed about you guys. Hopefully we'll get uh, the Hessian session. We'll be uh, maybe playing some of your music as well. Oh, yeah. So, count on it. Get down to ACR. <laughs> so Hesher's going to be in touch with you guys. I'll pass your email on to your, your management as well so he can uh, know what's going on, what tracks are coming and stuff like that. So, And maybe even get, get, get uh, maybe a live guest on the Hessian session via Skype. That would be yeah. great. Yes, we'd love to have you on the show. We'll do another interview. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Great. Yeah, we, we had one really killer interview, which was with Killing Joke. Have you heard of Killing Joke? Killing Joke. It's a British band. Jazz Coleman um, in Youth uh, is the, the producer from there. Killing Joke in Youth. Um, so we, we had an exclusive interview with them. That's the only big, We have a very good music journalist who uh, works for us named Sean Elton. And uh, so he scored that interview, which was great. So, um, but that's the only sort of thing we, we normally get into politics. We're in that sort of messy world there, but we do get into entertainment and music and culture from time to time. And uh, so when we do, we're, we're happy to be, be doing it here like this. So this is like, as we say in Brixton, keeping it real. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean, bruv? So um, that's it for this segment. We'll be uh, right back after these messages. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. Stay right there. Smile. 